the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Andrea K Show on AM 1170. The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred seven pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Uh, filling in for Andrea. She's, don't worry, she's going to be joining us a little bit later in the show. Uh, but she uh, had a little bit of a conflict here, so I'm going to be starting this off. Uh, thanks for listening and joining us tonight. I, you know, uh, I wanted to talk about Baltimore this evening, and I'm sure that a lot of you are sick of hearing about Baltimore. I mean, it's been going on for days, and it's like a, a recycling of all the news stories we've had in the last six months or so. We had Ferguson, and then we had New York, and now we've got Baltimore, and it's just one riot, uh, out-of-control riot after another, embarrassing us as a, as a country on a national stage about, you know, potentially or ostensibly these race issues. You know, it's, it's making America look like we're a bunch of racists and, and we've got a bunch of uh, people out of control destroying everything and our police are, you know, militarized and uh, killing all the citizens. And, you know, that's what it looks like and that's what sort of the narrative is. Now, you know, as I was kind of paying attention to this, I am, um, you know, I don't really want to talk about the merits of, um, you know, with, with me, Fred Gray uh, and or any of these other people and, and what's happened with them with the police. I think that there's a bigger issue here. And, and you know, Andrew's brought this up several times on the show, and it's been a theme that we've, we've been exploring, and that is the politics of race. And it's it's just... It's really concerning to me that we are being that this message is being shoved down our throats as a population. That there is a racial divide, and that everything that we have to do, that we have as a problem in this country, in our inner cities, has to do with racism. Yes, there are these cities where the rioting is happening. It's happening in uh, largely black neighborhoods. I mean, that's without a doubt, and. We're talking about police officers and maybe our, that are white police officers having these violent clashes. But, you know, bringing it down to race, just bringing it down to the lowest common denominator. And it's, and it's an excuse for violence. And it's an excuse to divide this country away from what we should be looking at, away from the, the activities of our government, um, our, uh, our enemies and potential uh, problems that we have with Iran and with uh, wars in the Middle East. It's taking away from our economic conditions, all those things that we should be talking about as a country and what we value and what we want to see um, happening so that we can focus on something divisive and hateful and we can be fighting each other. You know, there are social ways and antisocial ways to deal with problems as a society. And the United States is supposed to be a civilized country. We're supposed to be a country that uh, is a republic, uh, 
you know, a democracy. Sometimes people call it that, but, you know, basically the same thing. If we have a government that's supposed to represent us, we're supposed to have freedom and rights and the ability to interact with our government. You, when we have those kinds of avenues to affect change and affect how our lives are governed, there's no excuse for violent rioting. Rioting is antisocial behavior. You know, this, the mayor of Baltimore, uh, Stephanie Rawlings-Blake, so she's out here, you know, uh, giving a stand-down order to her police force that they are not allowed to enforce the rule of law in, uh, in Baltimore. They're not allowed to stop the rioters, rioters who are intentionally destroying the private property of other people. I think that this is really offensive. You know, we should be really concerned about any kind of government official allowing one citizen to hurt another citizen and and preventing the police from doing their job. So despite the underpinnings of the riots and all of that, and despite whatever uh, anger, and I know we've got some people calling it righteous anger and, and some of the agitators acting like, you know, they have a right to be violent. You never have a right to hurt your fellow human being. Those rioters, when they cause property damage, they're hurting their neighbors. They're hurting the property of of small business owners. Those are the lives and livelihoods of those people. And to have the mayor say, oh, it's only property, is completely dismissive of the harm that the rioting does to the individuals who are the victims of it. And it, it's, it's really disturbing, not only that, but there's nothing about these riots that is actually affecting any change. All it's doing is causing deeper division, more political unrest, um, and it's not actually resolving any problems. But the problem is that the police are using tactics that are militarized or that they, they're acting in a brutal way. Let's assume that, that, it, that there's better validity to that. If that's the problem... Being a violent criminal does not stop it. What it does is it just escalates it. It's, it's crazy. It's antisocial behavior, and it's not how we should be affecting political change in this country. I wish that there was more of a conversation about this. I wish that there was a conversation about if you are um, unhappy with what your government is doing. If you're unhappy with what the police are doing, you have elected officials, the sheriff's an elected official, your mayor is an elected official, you have all the commissioners and elected officials, even judges in most places are elected officials. If you're unhappy with the laws that you're being subjected to, with um, how those laws are being enforced, whether they're being um, enforced more in, uh, to the detriment of poor neighborhoods or to certain races, you have the ability as citizens to redress that. You have ability through the courts, you have ability to, through the, the political system. And yet they still vote in the same democratic failed policymakers over and over and over again, and they don't seem to see the connection here. So instead of rioting and allowing them to just destroy their neighbor's property, maybe we ought to be talking about what can we do to have a more constructive conversation about and improve the, the inner cities. It's the same problem that we're having here in Ferguson, Missouri. You know, I'm, I'm here in St. Louis this evening. Um, this is where I spend um, my time when I'm not in San Diego, not in Ferguson, but in St. Louis. It's only about 10 miles from Ferguson. And I just read that there were two shots in supposed protests 
of what's going on in Baltimore just this evening. So, you know, it, it's okay for us to just run out in the streets and start shooting our guns and, and being violent towards people because we don't like the way our government acts. You know, this country was started on a revolution. And, you know, think about this. We had a violent revolution, but you know when violent revolution is okay? When you're under a dictatorship. Supposedly, we're not under a dictatorship. Supposedly, we are a democracy or a republic. We have access to, to our government. We have free speech. Supposedly, we can do all those things that allow us to govern and take the responsibility for, our, for how we're governed without having to engage in violent overthrow. So that's definitely what I want to talk about this evening. Um, you know, coming up next, I'll be call, bringing in a guest um, who has put together what's called the Libertarian Political Expo. And it, you know it's got that name. Uh, it is a nonpartisan event. And the whole purpose of this event is it's a, a unique event uh, coming up at the end of May in Las Vegas at the Tropicana. And the whole purpose of this, of, of this conference is to connect people, organizations, and technology and train on leadership, uh, on local leadership and getting into local office. Because the way that we as people, if we want to have some, a say in how we change things, we have to stop just complaining about the government. We have to stop complaining and we have to, you know, and I don't think we should resort to violence. So the way we change things is, is grassroots, grassroots for involvement in our government. And uh, you can do that with um, these tools, with this, uh, this expo, I think is going to teach you. And uh, it's certainly going to be something interesting we, uh, we'll talk about. How do you get involved and how do you start making a change? Because no, things are not going to change as long as we allow our voices to be silent or our voices to be drowned out by the politics of racial hatred um, and divisiveness instead of, you know, uh, cooperation and, you know, progression, but real progression, not progressiveness. It's through, it's through um, involvement of the people, the silent majority, as New Gingrich called it, getting out there and starting to um, infiltrate our, gov our government and start making a difference and bringing American values back to our government at the local level and hopefully then at the state level and the federal level. Uh, so that's coming up after the break, and, uh, and then we'll see Andrea. Uh, she's calling in half an hour into the show at uh, 9.30. I'll be looking forward to talking to her. I think she went to American Idol last night, so uh, she's got some fun stuff to talk about so we can get away from Baltimore a little bit. Um, and, you know, there's a couple other things going on in the news, but uh, I thank you for listening and tuning in. This is uh, The Answer 1170 and The Andrea K Show. am1170theanswer.com Want to start living better, longer? La Vida Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, La Vida specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at lavidarx.com or call 866-507-1990. 
Bill and Kathleen with American Vision Windows. Hi, my name is Bill, and this is my wife Kathleen, and we are the owners of American Vision Windows. And they founded American Vision Windows because of firsthand experience. It was about 16 years ago, we had a need to get some windows. We started making calls going through the sales process. We didn't have people returning our calls. When they'd come, they really weren't professional. They didn't give us a full presentation to understand what I was buying, the benefits I was going to have, all the stuff that we like to share with the customer now. I didn't feel like we could make a super educated decision. So obviously the industry needed better customer service. But the final straw for Bill... Some of these people were were looking at Kathleen like she wasn't the decision maker, which in our house is a mistake. Revolutionizing the home improvement industry one customer at a time. Right now, let American Vision Windows pay your tax and receive free expert installation. Visit our beautiful new showroom on Miramar Road in San Diego, or we'll bring the showroom to you. 888-658-4648. CSOB number 778326. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen & Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen & Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657333. Miramar Kitchen Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. This is AM 1170. The answer. They call me Thomas, last name Crown. Big girl, I can handle myself. Hi, welcome back. Hey, so this is Lisa Dern filling in for Andrew K. He'll be joining us here in about 15 minutes. Actually, she just texted me and told me she was uh, listening. I think she'll be on her way. And I was tell- telling her that, well, I really appreciate all of you guys listening. I'm sitting here kind of ranting about Baltimore uh, basically by myself. It's really lonely not having Andrew in the room with me. Um, and uh, I'm not sure. If anybody cares, my dog doesn't even care. He's kind of just laying on the couch, uh, you know, staring at me. So I've got on the line here uh, the uh, chairman of Libertarian Party, Nevada, as well as the organizer of LPEC, Brett Pajunas. Uh Brett, hi, can you hear me? I can hear you. How are you doing, Alicia? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Long day, but doing well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I bet. So it's starting to to get down to the last uh, well, the last month here before this uh, this event. Thanks so much for joining us to talk about it. I gave a little bit of an intro. Uh, you know, I think that it's a it's a really unique event to uh, put together all these great resources and teach people how to get involved in leadership and how to get involved um, in local politics in a way that. Um, it, it's refreshing and kind of uh, starts bringing some uh, of our perspectives back into our government. Yeah, absolutely. And th- thank you for having me on. I mean, the main reason that we're doing LPEX is training, first and foremost. It's one area. You know, first off, I mean, obviously, I'm chairman of the Libertarian Party, so clearly I'm a libertarian. That's one thing that the uh, libertarians have always uh, failed and lacked is good training. You know, we have people who have come out and tried to give us training, but they haven't won any elections. They haven't done anything substantial. Uh, So what we wanted to do is go out and literally find the best trainers we possibly could. So we did that. We're mission accomplished. We've got American majority. 
they led all the training for CPAC uh, this last year, and they're leading our training. We've got Turning Point USA. We've got the Leadership Institute, uh, Pacific Legal Foundation out of Sacramento, uh, NPRI, Nevada Policy Research Institute, specialty training with Eventbrite and uh, Democracy.com. So we're going to get trained on all sorts of topics. Mostly this year is going to be around organizational building and organizational structure. So a lot of grassroots stuff. And uh, we're going to have a pretty heavy emphasis on how to leverage technology. Yeah. You know, I have, I recently heard somebody complain about um, teaching libertarians how to run campaigns being taught by other libertarians who've never won an office. <laughs> um, and I, I think that there's from the truth to that criticism, but you know what's interesting to me is that you've actually got quite a few uh, successful politicians speaking, and you know, who, how, how better to learn about how to be involved in uh, government than by people who successfully become involved in it. Yeah, and, and I, I literally just hung up the phone with an assemblyman who's coming out here, and he's thrilled about it, and the, the reality is we, we want to go out and we want to find people that we can work with, and there's a lot of people, especially, I mean, I'll speak pretty much about Nevada specifically. There's a lot of people that are rooting for us, I and mean, we've done a good job building the party. All the other political parties have actually lost registered voters. We've increased. We've actually doubled our registered voters last year, so, so we're on the right trajectory, but, um, but there's a lot of people that are, are really you know, on the sidelines rooting for us, and I think that 2016 is going to be a big year for us, and what we need to do now is we need to keep our head down Build out the organization, recruit, 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 bring in new people, uh, continue to get organized so that we're ready to, to hit the ground running in 2016 with some really good, strong candidates with some great messages. Right, right. I, mean, I think this is really timely because, honestly, I, I feel really frustrated in, uh, you know, the direction that our country is going on all levels. And, you know, the only way we're going to change it, in my opinion, is uh, to basically throw the bums out of office and replace them with people who have um, the same values that I think most Americans have. Yeah. I mean, one of the campaigns that we've been doing here locally is just, you know, common sense solutions and common sense on issues. And a lot of the positions that we have, if you go to lpnevada.org and look at the issues tab, specifically Nevada, we're kind of casting a wide net, but there's a lot of people who who share um, our philosophy, but, but they're just not familiar with it. Or the biggest problem that we have is we've let other people define what libertarianism is. And right. so the first time we're taking control of it and saying, no, that's not what it is. That's not what we believe. Uh, what we believe is this. And, and, right. and the other thing we're trying to do, you, you know, that saying in the libertarian party, if you ask 10 libertarians their position on an issue, you'll get 12 answers. What we're trying <laughs> to do is completely uh, make everything concise, clear, and consistent that's one of our main focuses. So if someone says, hey, Brett, what's the official Libertarian Party of Nevada position on immigration? Well, the official position is we believe in an easier pathway to citizenship. Yeah. You know, and you know, I, on that. You know, I am surprised at how many local offices are available and often vacant where we can, people can get more involved in government easily get into an elected position without having to run for, you know, Senate. Right. And, and I think that one of the misnomers that a lot of people have about the Libertarian Party is, oh, you guys are crazy. You always run uh, U.S. Senate candidates and congressional candidates. We do. But the reason we do that for most states is because of ballot access, as you know all right. too well. And right. we do that because we have to hit a certain percentage or a certain number of votes in different races. And the most opportunist position for us to run for, or most opportune position for us to run for, will be Congress or Senate, anything that's statewide. 
Now, the philosophy that we have in Nevada is we're focusing in on local offices, uh, state assembly, I'm sorry, state senate, state assembly, um, city council, county commission, and, and I'm going to push hard to not run federal candidates, not run anyone for Congress, not run anyone for Harry Reid's vacant seat, because we don't have the resources for it yet. And, and I think another thing is we've got to stop BSing ourselves as libertarians that we have a shot when you got a candidate that can only raise, you know, let's say best case, $200,000, best case for a congressional right. seat. The, you know? we, we just don't have, you know, and, and this is for anybody who's outside the main establishment. You just don't have the tax to fund major campaigns. And that's actually, I think, really a, a tragedy for our republic in general is that we, you know, I, I'm, I'm against the campaign finance laws, but I feel like we have political sort of dynasties that are running everything. And they people are. have the money that the rest of us don't have access to. And there's becoming a great divide between the, the common American and what's going on in Washington. Sure there is. And, and I think that, you know, we have an opportunity still to come in and really have a, a mess up the paradigm, so to speak. I mean, our goal as libertarians should be to create a viable option for voters. And that's something that we failed at all across the country, nationally, statewide. Right. We're just not there yeah. yet. But if we yeah. move in that direction, people are going to start you know, taking us a lot more serious. And that's how we're going to attract the type of talent that we would want to get behind for a congressional candidate or a U.S. Senate candidate. Right. So tell me a little, tell us a little bit more about LPEX. I mean, three A's. So what's the schedule like? Um, how, what's the format like? Yeah, so basically it, it starts uh, Thursday, May 28th. We're starting off the conference. We're kicking off with like a marijuana um, financial conference where we have a bunch of publicly traded marijuana companies coming out, and we're going to be talking about the financial outlook for the industry as well as the political outlook, what this looks from a legality standpoint. Um, Thursday night we're going to have a great reception. Then Friday morning we've got, uh, let's see, Larry Elder, who I'm sure you're familiar with. I'm sure everyone in Southern California is familiar with Larry Elder. He's a national uh, uh, radio broadcaster. He's doing our breakfast, and then our lunch is our good friend, Judge Jim Gray. Um, And then Our America Initiative, which is Governor Gary Johnson's uh, PAC, they're going to be hosting a social event on Friday. Um, Then in between the events, we're going to have a lot of workshops. I mean, just to give you some examples of some of the workshops, we've got uh, messaging to win, understanding the uh, the legislation process, you know, how the left does it, building a grassroots machine that lasts. Uh, winning right. online, unlocking more power from social media, uh, how to message to the heart, uh, online organizing for candidates and activists, effective organizations, you know, how to, how to build an organization that, that has a strong foundation and that is actually doing good things, uh, organizing right. on campuses. So we're going to have a lot of really, really cool uh, workshops. And the, the panel discussions, we've got, you know, our Secretary of State, Barbara Sagowski. Listen to this panel. It's going to be a great panel. We've got our Secretary of State, Barbara Sagowski. Our treasurer, Dan, Dan Schwartz, our controller, uh, Ron Connect, our assistant controller, Jeffrey Lawrence, uh, myself, and um, probably going to get two other people that's on, that, on this panel. But we're going to talk about what businesses can do to fight back. You know, right now, if you're a small company, you don't have money for a lobbyist. You don't have the resources <laughs> to allocate a full-time staffer to go and pay attention to what's going on in, in, in the Capitol during legislation. Exactly. So, you are. There's you're, a lot of things that they can do. For me, because I, you know, one of the things that makes me insane is the regulation of small businesses and how it's killing our economy. Um, and I think that's a bit of a big topic for us to talk, to talk about right now because we're getting close to the break. 
But, you know, you did, t- you did touch on something else, and that is organizing and outreach like the left. And that's something, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm also a libertarian, but we have a lot of Republicans who listen to this show. And that's something the Republican Party doesn't even do well. So are, do you have a Republican, are Republicans invited to, to LPEX, or is this just a libertarian? Yeah, it, so, so LPEX is a nonpartisan event. Um, hence why we have so many, you know, uh, Republicans and Democrats that are elected officials. This is a nonpartisan event. And, and to your point, there's a lot of conservatives that we're friends with that are on the liberty side. And, and they're like, Brett, can I send my staffers down there? I'm like, yes, yes, of course you can. Get them trained. You know, so so that's what the, that's the whole purpose of this is training you know, at the end of the day. And, of course, you know, we're going to have a lot of fun. We've got a lot of social events planned. There's going to be phenomenal networking. We have 33 organizations on board right now, and we're not even done. So it's really right. picking up very, very nice. Very, very nice. And then you know, real quick, I know you got a break, but on Saturday we've got uh, Congressman Joe Heck, who's a Republican. He's going to do the breakfast speech. And we have Congressman Crescent Hardy, who is very active in pushing forward Reg A, uh, which the mm-hmm. FCC just put guidance out for crowdfunding. So yeah, it's, it's a really nice, really nice program that we've got. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, um, as you know, I'm going to be there. Uh, and I really think that, uh, I, I hope that it's a great success. I think we need to do more things like this because the only way that we're going to get our government back is through grassroots efforts of the American people actually staying up and, and returning the country back to, you know, liberty and freedom and, and you know, capitalist economics and away from, you know, the, the big government that we have now. You know, I, I, I talked about in the monologue that the rioting that we have going on across the country, that's not an effective way for us to show the government that we're not happy with how we're being treated as a citizen. Uh, but this, this is, you know, if we don't try to just get angry at the problem, but actually go in and do something to fix it. Well, and that's the second portion of LPEX. I and mean, one of the demographics we're going after are people who have never been politically active before, but they know something is wrong. They know the country and they know their state's going in the wrong direction. They don't really know what it is, maybe, but they want to do something. So yeah. Yeah, we have a massive campaign to go after that new demographic and try and get more people involved in the political process. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, think, so that's, I think that's wonderful. I, I, honestly, I really think that's wonderful. Uh, you know, there's just too much money in politics, and uh, and there's too much uh, class divide. And uh, you know, the, the more we step up and start taking responsibility for our own country and our own government, the the better off off we'll be as a people. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and the more afraid the politicians will be by us standing up and saying enough is enough. Right, right. they'll actually be accountable. Right? Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> right. And one of our strategies here in Nevada in the next election cycle is to literally, against every incumbent, hold their feet to the fire based on their voting record. You know, you can't take that back. Why did you vote for more taxes for businesses? We don't understand. Did you think this was a good thing or a bad thing? So we just got about 15 seconds here. So can you tell the audience uh, how they can learn about the LPAC, where it's going to be, when it's going to be, and how they can get to it? So it's going to be Thursday, May 28th through Sunday, May 31st. It's here in sunny Las Vegas. It's at the Tropicana. We spent a lot of time building our website, so please do go check it out. It's lpex.org, L-P-E-X.org. And there's a wealth of information on there. There's a bio for all of our speakers. We have over 40 speakers. Pasia uh, and every single sponsor, all the organizations, all the trainers, uh, the registration link. Everything should be right there. So... 
Um, if they have any questions, there's a contact form. We will be happy to talk to people, or they can call us directly. So, Great. so yeah, Thanks. please check out the site, lpex.org. Thank you so much, Brett, for calling in and telling us about it, and uh, I'll look forward to talking to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Alicia. Are you listening to uh, the Andrew K. Show on 1170 The Answer? Back, back in a minute. Intelligence. Conservative. AM 1170. The Answer. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. Do you struggle with the day to day management of your business? Proteus takes the pain out of the business process management by providing you a complete system for efficiency, automation, continuity. Proteus is business solution that wraps itself around your business and grows with you. Gone are the days of multiple programs and systems for sales, inventory, customer management, and financial reporting. Proteus serves your business every day, all day, and revolutionizes the way you do business. Visit us today to see how Proteus can assist you online at www.proteuserp.com or call today, 877-749-3533. Fresh Healthy Vending, the nation's largest healthy vending company, is looking for locations in this area to place its latest innovation, a fresh, healthy micromarket at absolutely no cost to your business. A fresh, healthy micromarket is like a mini health food store for your office break room. Choose from breakfast meals, fresh salads, wraps, hot meals, smoothies, cold-pressed juices, and more, all at a convenient self-checkout kiosk. Now you can offer your employees exactly what they want. All natural, healthy, fresh, and organic foods. Fuel productivity and creativity, decrease absenteeism, and increase morale. Fresh Healthy Vending is offering the first 20 offices that sign up $250 cash and 15% of the net profits each micromarket generates each month. For free information about this exciting and healthy opportunity, visit freshandhealthy.org to request your free machine. Saying, I don't know, is no longer acceptable. This is AM 1170, The Answer. Hi, welcome back. Andrew K. Show. This is Alicia Dern. And guess what? We have Andrew on the line. Hey, babies. I am so glad to be here with you. Hey, Alicia, I don't know how you do this every week, calling in remotely, because it just feels so strange to me. I'm used to being in the booth. You know, sitting in there with my headset on, looking at the engineer, Todd, who always does an amazing job from across the room for me. So it just feels weird to be calling in from home. But I got to thank the great Al Gore, baby, because he's the one who brought us all this technology, right? He's the one that brought us the Internet and, like, made it all possible, right? Yes, absolutely. But I will tell you, I I do prefer to be in the studio. Although, uh, he's he's being quiet because he's got a toy in his mouth, but uh, it is nice to have my furry around (laughs) well hopefully we'll be back in the in the booth together in a couple of weeks looking forward to that um it's kind of nice though because i'm sitting here at home um i got to tell you what happened today was i've got some really really good friends my peeps really they're as close to me as family that are are going out of town for the summer for two months and you know we wanted to get together and give them a special send-off and so we went to ruth's chris tonight Mm mm-hmm 
nice. um, for, yeah, for um, a special wine dinner they were having tonight. And so it ran long. And so thank you, Alicia, for sitting in and picking up the slack. I called Alicia this afternoon. I said, girl, you got to help me out because I thought I was going to be back in time for tonight. But it looks like it's going to run late. So anyway, I'm glad to be here at home with my baby, Bo. Chilling in my flip flops. Thank you, Todd, for doing what you do every week. I got to pick up the ball. I was listening to the show actually on the way home, Alicia. Love, love, love so much about what you were saying about Baltimore. You picked up actually on some key points. A lot of people haven't been talking about. One of the things I thought was so brilliant was you picked up on the fact that you got all these people out there crying and complaining about uh, a bullying, tyrannical you know, governmental police force coming down on them. And then what is this about? It's about it, it's about a movement to give more power to the state now, uh, to the government. And it's so nonsensical that I don't even th- think people are even thinking about it in that context, Alicia. I don't think the boots, on the, the people protesting on the ground realize the absurdity, the irony of what this protest is about. It's about actually giving the end result. I don't even think they realize it's about giving more power, more control to, to a government, the very government that they're complaining about. It doesn't even make sense. And I I posted a couple of days ago that really that just plays into the hands of what the liberal agenda is about, because, you know, they love, love, love the liberals do this chaos in the street. It feeds their agenda from so many different viewpoints. It feeds them because with chaos. Um, They're able to distract everybody, like you said, about what's really going on with the government. Who's talking right now about Hillary and all her stinking corruption and all the donors that are feeding money to them? It's like this big money laundering scheme, um, you know, going on with their foundation, with their donors. Who's talking this week so much about the Iran deal? I mean, Iran is, is, what, two months away from a nuke? Nobody's even talking about that right now. Um, What they're talking about is we've got absurd and literally insane suggestions that this is proof that we need to we need to take you know uh, weapons away from the police department that's an insane suggestion as insane as it is to suggest that we give more and more power to a centralized government i am not suggesting that this was all orchestrated like many people have you know to you know amass more power for the government but it's like Rahm Emanuel said there is no opportunity that they're going to go unexploited. And you have a mayor here that we come find out today, Alicia, that actually gave a stand down order to her very police department to right. allow people. She did more than just say, let's give them space to go and destroy. She actually gave a stand down order to the police department. So while right. it wasn't orchestrated from the beginning, they saw an opportunity and they ran with it. And this is so much about stoking class warfare. It's so much about stoking and, and you know, hate uh, and against the system. The very system that's perpetra- supposedly perpetrating crimes on these people is now supposed to be their savior. Okay, it's, right. it's people, it, the people it's, down there, and you got Fox News interviewing 16-year-old kids who have no idea what any of this is about. <laughs> I got to, I got to thinking that they're just being fomented up into a rage, kind of like Hitler did when he would bring masses of people together, and he would just amp it and amp it and amp it. That's kind of what's going on there, right? Right. You know, it's it's funny you say that because I was reading this article. This is this happened two days ago, but the mayor originally off the cuff, called these people, these looters, thugs. And then she had to apologize for it because you can't call it out for what it really is, which is criminal behavior. It's, um, uh, you know, they're, they're just taking advantage of a situation to, to do mayhem or to steal or whatever. 
we can't talk about it and call it what it is because uh, we're supposed to be legitimizing what they're doing somehow for some reason. Yeah, and, you know, they tried so much, too, in this situation to try to turn it into race. And, you know, if you watch MSNBC, I mean, these people are worse than Olga Corbett trying to, you know, bend herself into contortions in 72 with the way they're trying to turn this into into racism. And But, you know, anybody who's paying halfway attention to Baltimore understands that, okay, oops, you know, the majority of people in control there have been black in the police department and other areas of control. Okay, so then let's blame the local government. Oh, oops, the local government and control are Democrats. So it can't be, you know, it can't be, you can't blame that on Republicans because first they tried to blame it on race. That didn't work. Then they tried to shift it and blame it on Republicans. That didn't work. And then Obama comes out, (coughs) tries to blame it on congressional Republicans. Well, oops, who was in charge the first six years of his administration. So, you know, this isn't about race. And, you know, I didn't get a chance to open the show. I thought you did a brilliant job with that. But what I got to thinking about today is I was thinking about, you know, uh, the shifting sands of who can we blame for this. I got to thinking about blame. I got to thinking about all these people in the streets protesting over something that they had no idea about. You know, we're finding out reports today that this guy supposedly even might have injured himself in the van ride. I don't know. I mean, why are we just now getting some of this information? I'm not really sure that I trust any reports coming out. So I really got to thinking about from a bigger picture today, I got to thinking about all these people in the streets and, and, you know, what are they really fighting for and why are they really, you know, so much about people's attachment to policy is an attachment based upon their own personal ideology. And I saw a great report, an article that was written um, actually by a British lawmaker today. And I kind of did my open, since I wasn't going to be able to open the show today, I kind of put it on Facebook. And his name is um, David Hannon, I think is his name, or Douglas Hannon. Let me see. Um, I think it's it's, uh, Daniel Hannon, um, who's a British lawmaker. And he said, there's an article I posted on Facebook. I want to quote from him. He says, our political leanings are expressions of our character and are not based on empirical data. And I thought that's so true, Alicia. So much about people's... um, political leanings and their policy beliefs is based on their own character or lack of character. When I see, so, you know, these people out there driving cars into, into, into buildings, looting, um, you know, thinking, you know, that they're protesting and that they, they're entitled to destroy property in the name of protest, I, that's a reflection of their character. They are not right. victims. So much about liberalism is a reflection of character and bad character. Let's be honest that this is a cultural issue that's going on in this country. And God bless people like Sheriff Clark, who was on Red Nation Rising Monday, talking about the truth as to what is going on um, in, in those communities. And let's stop blaming the wrong people. Part of what's going on in our country and why people you know, have attachments to policies that they have are based on their own character failings, what's wrong with them. And so they're looking for government to be the savior, to do for them what they should be doing for themselves. So I want to give you my little rant, Alicia, and tell you a little bit about why I'm a conservative. And then I want maybe after the break you to tell me why you're a libertarian. You had somebody from the Libertarian Party on earlier talking about an event that's coming up and and people might be wondering why i'm having some libertarian people on the show and talking about their beliefs because i think that i am closer to and have more in common with libertarians than i do jeb bush i think i've got more in common with libertarians at this point than i do john mccain 
right, than I do even, um, you know, uh, Ryan, who, um, what's his name, Ryan, who ran for VP. Oh, now Paul come out. Uh, yeah. yeah, Paul Ryan on behalf of the TPP. So I want to give y'all what would have been my opening today's show. Um, I think that that statement from Hannon says everything about politics in America and everything about the ills that we have as a nation. Let me tell you why I'm a conservative, because I, and it reflects who I am as a person. And I, this is just so core to who I am. Uh, I am a conservative, and I think Todd's telling me I got uh, two minutes to break, so I'm going to try to get this wrapped up. But, Todd, you may need to hold a, hold this over a little bit because I think this is critical. I am a conservative because my own personal belief system and who I am at the core of my human being is that I believe in personal responsibility. There was a time, Alicia, where I had $5 to eat off of for a week, and instead of borrowing a dime from anybody, I just bought a sack of potatoes. Okay, It never occurred to me to go and seek any money from anybody else. Okay, because I'm in, my life is my responsibility. I'm about freedom, and I don't think anybody owes me a thing. I think it's up to me to earn it. I believe in freedom, and I, that means that I want the government to stay out of every aspect of my life. That includes my personal life, my professional life, my religion. I am a feminist, and what that means today, a friend of mine, Timothy, he texts me, you're a feminist? Girl, I thought you were conservative. What does that mean? Well, I think that feminism is a conservative principle. It means that I'm responsible for my life. I'm not trying to rely on anybody else, whether it's a man or government. Conservatives need to take that term back in terms of what feminism means. Um, I am somebody who understands that there's evil in this world and that those people aim to do us harm as a nation. And the only, only way to counter that is by, you know, just overwhelming force to take them out. Um, I believe as a conservative that we need to, that conservatism works. I'm not going to follow the progressives. What, what is this term progressiveness, Alicia? What they're all about is taking us all the way back to Stalin and the USSR. I believe in following what works, following the lead. I want to be on Peyton Manning's team. I don't want to be on Tebow's team because in, in spite of the fact that he's gorgeous, he ain't a good player. Okay. I want to go with what wins. <laughs> and for me, that's conservatism. Right. And, right. you know, I understood even as a young child that you got to go with what works and that what, what looks good isn't always what's best. And I believe that that, you know, I am I am a dreamer and I still believe in the American dream and that what the, what this country was founded on is that if you could if you will, if you could dream it, if you were willing to work hard enough for it, you could earn it. And that there is no there's no fairness in this world. There's no such thing as a government creating fairness on the outcome. That is that is just a, a wasted effort. It, it defies the universal truth. And I think that I'm looking for a candidate who's going to step up and say, I'm not a Republican. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm conservative. And let me tell you, you know, Bernie Sanders came out today. He said, I'm a Democrat socialist. Well, isn't that redundant? I'm looking for somebody to come <laughs> out and say, I'm a conservative. And this is why conservatism, conservatism works. Right. So we're going to take a break and we come back. That's my rant for the night. That's for telling y'all what, you know, my approach is and where I'm at politically. I think that, you know, I decided to give my political leanings in terms of who I am instead of it being just a rant against those on the left and why their political leanings are what they are. The people that think that it's the government's job to give them a six pack, okay, and to take care of all their children they could have never afford to have in the first place. 
and all the people who think that, you know, that everything from, you know, um, healthcare to cable to phones is a right, and it's not. I decided instead of ranting against them, I would say what I'm for. Hey, we're going to take a break, everybody. Thank you for tuning in uh, to the Andrew K. Show tonight right here on AM 1170, The Answer. Don't change that dial. When we come back, we've got more on the other side. Because I had some fun last night up in L.A., and I want to tell you all about it. Thanks for listening. Don't change that dial. AM 1170, The Answer. Everywhere you go on iHeartRadio. Want to start living better, longer? La Vida Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's Best Local Pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. I know you may have lost money in the stock market. You may be dissatisfied with what the banks are paying. Your 401k SEP IRA has dropped drastically. Or you may say, oh boy, the market's coming back. I'll stay put. Yeah, right. When is the next stock market fall going to happen? I don't want to ever lose 40% again. Hi, I'm S. Craig Perry. Now you don't ever have to go backwards again due to stock market decline. Insurance companies guarantee it. It's called indexed annuities. America's best kept secret. Get this. No fees, no commissions paid out of your funds. Just historically the safest place you can put your money and you get me and I'll teach you right over the phone how this works. No pressure, best service you'll ever get. Get off that roller coaster ride. Call me at 1-800-553-6247. That's 1-800-553-6247. Remember, you'll never go backwards again due to stock market decline. Now, isn't that where you want to have your money? Call me now at 1-800-553-6247 and God bless you. Call 800-553-6247. Certain restrictions apply. License number 0578122. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen and Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen and Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657 AM 1170theanswer.com Hear us anywhere in San Diego and the world AM 1170 The Answer Welcome back to the Andrea K show glad to have y'all here with me it is Thursday night dynamite after dark hey i got to tell y'all speaking of after dark last night i had some fun I went up to L.A. last night. Thank you so much to Boss Daddy, Barry, exec producer of my Tuesday show that I do for him. And he um, he kind of, you know, in the loop with some people up in La La. I won't name drop or give out his personal business, but he got some VIP tickets for us to go up to American Idol last night. Do you watch American Idol, Alicia? You know, I haven't watched it in years. I remember watching it in law school, but I haven't had much time in recent years. Well, you know what? I, it used to be one of my most favorite shows because me being, I mean, I'm so competitive. I mean, I, I, I like go to baby showers for the games, right? Okay, that's that's how competitive <laughs> Andrea is, okay? So I love anything that involves a competition, okay? So I love, love, love American Idol, and I just would give anything to be able to sing. I've got two nieces that just have amazing voices, and I can't sing a lick, 
But so I love American Idol. So I was beyond thrilled. I couldn't sleep for like a week because I was going to get to go up there because, you know, my boy from New Orleans, Harry Connor Jr. is a judge up there. So I was so excited to get get to go up there. And, and I don't really have a whole lot of like interesting, like amazing behind the scenes stuff to share, except that, you know, because I mean, there's no like weird gossip to give, but uh, here's a couple of my observations. First of all, just as a host and somebody who loves anything related to production and entertainment, Ryan Seacrest is a genius. That man can work a teleprompter far better than Obama ever thought he could. So anybody who ever tells you that Obama is like the king of the teleprompters, no, 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 that is Ryan Seacrest. That man is an absolute genius. Hats off to him for what he does because it is just absolutely seamless. The show would be nothing without him. The show would be everything without the judges. Being there on that show, they were nothing. You forget that they were even in the room, believe it or not. I mean, they absolutely had almost nothing at all to do with the production. And when you're watching it on TV, it seems like there's so much more involved and so much more critical to what's going on than they really are. And in fact, um, most of their comments are scripted. You can see that they've actually got scripts in front of them. So is that a surprise to you, Alicia? You know, it, it is. I guess not if I really thought about it, but yeah, I didn't know that they were scripted in the comments. I some kind of yeah. They were like, you know, spontaneously cruel to people. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know what? The show's different now without Simon. I don't think Simon yeah. was scripted. I think he was speaking from the heart. I think he was far more talented than maybe in terms of just from a judging standpoint that these three are. But I will tell you that Jennifer Lopez is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. Good grief, she is beautiful. But speaking of but, I got to <laughs> tell y'all. <laughs> She is so, she's so unevenly proportioned. I'm going to say it like this from a politically correct standpoint. She's so unevenly proportioned that it's, she almost struggles to kind of walk. <laughs> okay. Okay. She's got, oh, I ha, okay, this is how the kids would say it. She's got so much junk in the trunk, okay, that it's like the trunk of the Chevy Impala has been loaded down with bricks. And she's having trouble getting through the through the intersection. Okay, that's all I'm going to say on that. All right. So enough about American Idol. What what else is going on in the world, Alicia? Well, what else has been going on today? Well, uh, I, I told you a little bit about a Supreme Court case that came down uh, just today. It was interesting. Uh, it was a campaign finance case, and I know this is. This is more interesting to me, maybe, than the rest of you. But in this case, Justice Roberts, uh, he sided with the liberals on the court in favor of uh, free speech restrictions on judges who are running for office in Florida and uh, laws that prevent them from being able to solicit campaigns and uh, donations and not just solicit, but uh, speak about um themselves as candidates. You know, there's, there's this false idea that um, judges are not political candidates. And, and the, the idea behind the law is that, you know, you don't want a judge taking money from somebody and then rolling in their favor. But that's completely bogus because a judge would recuse himself from hearing any case where he had a friend or a donor in the courtroom as one of the litigants. Uh, so, you know, it, it really bothers me that we have all these laws that are restricting, that are restricting how average people get to give money to politicians, including judges who are part of our government, um, you know, and, and 
it's the conservatives, amazingly, who are standing for free speech. And I, I just don't know what's up with Justice Roberts on this one. Well, you know, Justice Roberts has just obviously given Obamacare. I mean, it's gotten to where SCOTUS is, is just really become, a, I wouldn't say a laughing stock, but they've really lost a lot of respect. you got Bernie Sanders who comes out today throwing his hat in the ring, which was clearly just another distraction from Hillary. It's a blatant attempt to just try to make her look like a centrist. Obviously, another right, opportunity. He's, he's an outright communist. <laughs> he's an outright communist, and so he makes her look centrist. And what was the, one of the, the two big points that he made today that the Republican Party should have been coming out against vociferously was number one that that global warming or climate change is the greatest threat we face. I mean, that's just insane. And number two, uh, again about the Citizens United about how you know billionaires are you know buying up elections. You know, and the American people are eating that up. They're, they they don't know about the case that you just talked about. They don't know about the truth about campaign finance and what's really going on out there. Yeah, campaign finance laws. I really got a rude awakening on that area of law when I started representing libertarian campaigns because I found out that they are specifically designed to close out competition from people, regular citizens, and have this just this complex series of laws where people with a lot of money can funnel money into super PACs, which then control everything. And, you know, and I don't have a problem with tax, but I just think it should be, it should be easier for people like you and me to give as much money as we want to any candidate that we want. You know, and instead we've got, uh, you know, uh, oh, I forgot his name suddenly. we author who was um and he did he did that to a movie on obama who he was prosecuted for a very simple campaign yeah, Jeanette, yeah that was yeah, Jeanette Jeanette D'Souza. D'Souza. yeah exactly D'Souza. thank you yeah but what we need to do we've got all the time yeah we and he's we've, the person he gets prosecuted for it it just makes it just it, it the laws are set up to for the rest of us to fail and it's wrong. Exactly. It's wrong. We, we got to Yeah, we got to end it there. We're running out of time. Actually, I think we need to go back to this public financing of elections. I think the last time we did that, it was successful, and it was Ronald Reagan. So, you know, I think that we need to pick up this conversation uh, next week. Thank you so much, Alicia Duran. Thank you for all the listeners out there. Follow me on Facebook, Andrea K. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Five. Friend me on Facebook. Love you all. Have a fantastic week. Tomorrow night, the Andrea K. Show, 9 to 10. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great night. Bye-bye. The Andrea K Show on AM 1170. The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.